This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. you're blocking people from games and scoring recreationals like it's some kind of wet t-shirt contest. When I found out that Garrett had rated me a six on his system, I felt cheap, like a dirty streetwalker. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Shut your dirty little poser mouth, that's my line. Dog, I can't help what the algorithm likes. What, you're the only guy who is allowed to say what's up, guys? Literally, yes. I've been wholeheartedly obnoxious in my pursuit of scammers. Calling me the scammer is like calling Robin Hood the sheriff. I don't know, Bert. I think maybe the better analogy is you're the sheriff and he's the vigilant. Et tu, Brute? Berkey, <laughs> Berkey's so full of shit. Like, he runs a training academy for low to mid stakes cash grinders, and he's not willing to play me heads up for like 10% of our net worth? Scammer. Nick Airball is perfectly within his rights to trash talk me or humiliate me. He could kick me in the dick, but if he goes that route, I'm gonna knock his chip stack over and. You can interpret that however you like. My respect just shot up for you, 5X. I'm pretty much a poker god, you know? I'm an intuitive genius. I was once inside a poker pussy so sweet, she actually smelled like water. She was that well hydrated. Yeah. Felt disrespectful to my existing children to nut. She was that hot. And you know, this is a true story. Wow, you're just gonna share my text messages, Berkey? What next, my nudes? Don't worry, Doug, your poker pussy is safe. Do you guys think that transgenders are real? Keep it together, J-Bo. You don't have to comment on everything. You have 50 million earnings. You don't have to. You know, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I didn't even realize what I had said had been offensive. And if it was offensive, I do apologize. <laughs> Not to the person I said it to, though. She's still a piece of shit. <laughs> a really big penis. What oh. is poppin', everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with my only friends and my boy Tortua. What's happening? Back in the building. Oh my God, was that amazing? Yo, shout out to Caitlin. God, she kills it every time. I I made it. I got I got impersonated by Caitlin. Caitlin, I I'm I feel like I can die now. You, you can die. And die now. a happy man. She gave me way more hair than I actually had. I so. can't believe you're saying that before the T Swift concert. Oh man. <laughs> uh, okay, die tomorrow. Die tomorrow. Yeah. Wait, you gotta live for mm -hmm. today. The concert's tonight? Tonight, baby. I'm going straight to the strip after this thing. Oh my god, it's yep. a party. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a party. I'm, Can't I'm, wait. I'm excited for you, man. Man, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of crazy things going on, huh? Well, these days. A lot of crazy things going on these days. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I mean, um we do we did sell another academy you No, know, we right? did. We do have to, just to let everybody know, <laughs> we do sell uh, Academy seats for uh, a reasonable price, I think. And uh, yeah, so we do we do have uh, some seats available still uh, on April twenty or sorry April eighth. This is hard. I see why Berkey screws this up all the time. Uh, <laughs> April fifteenth to the eighteenth, uh, we have the Poker Out Loud Academy. It is going to be the last time we do Poker Out Loud 
uh, version of the Academy. And um, you can go to academy.solvefory.io for that one and get more info. And we also have a tournament Academy coming up. And that will be May 24th to the 27th. I got that one right. And uh, that's going to be he headed by Matt Hunt, who is our tournament specialist. Uh, he'll, he can also tell you how great, um, where to get some great sunglasses. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, actually, we just sold another one for that one. So uh, they are going fast. Thanks, Doug, for uh, you know, promoting it. Yeah, if you want to clip this out, get the rest sold. We appreciate mm -hmm. yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Right. <laughs> so go to uh, academy.solvefory.io uh, and uh, click on the top uh, banner if you want more info on the MTT Academy. All right, all right. Well, today we have a special guest in the building. Okay, real quick. I love how you say special correctly when we have a reason to say special correctly. Because she's special. Yes. Yeah. Don't make me say it again. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined today by Stephanie Chung. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm good. Welcome I'm to the good. podcast. Aw, thanks. Welcome so to special. Only Friends. I do feel special. <laughs> I have no reason to feel special. <laughs> you have every reason to feel special. Absolutely. You just crushed them at PLO. I would not say crush. Poker go. No, no, I would you, not say crush. Yeah. I've been cashed, essentially been cashed four tournaments. That's crushing that's, them. That's good. How that's, many times? That's, what I, that's how I play tournaments. I'm a, min, I'm a min cash specialist as well. To totally judge, I was not going for the min cash. I did no. run pretty bad. In <laughs> right. So how many tournaments did you play out of the series? I played all of them except for the two bounties and FK. Lost count. I think that was something. So you played six tournaments and cashed four of them. Yeah. That's very wow. hard to do. That's yeah. really easy. Six, yeah. Against some stiff competition. Uh, it was, yeah, sure, we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Amazing. How was the, was this the first time you played high stakes PLO tournaments? It was the first time I played anything higher than 3K. Really? Yes. And how did you feel about the experience as well as, call it, the difference in strategy from PLO tournaments versus deeper stacked PLO cash. So it was relative. I mean, I did late reg all the tournaments, so we, which that we can get into a whole different thing about. Um, so the strategy wasn't actually all that. Start all the tournaments, 40 BP. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't actually all that different. It almost didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> I guess before we get into oh, yeah. like, all this poker stuff, uh, can you give us like just a little bit of your background and uh, you know what you do away from poker? and. Sure. Um, it depends on how far you want to go into like my PLO or into my poker background, like going all the way back to when I was like yeah. four and playing. You play po poker at four? Well, it depends if you count like the trips, like the family ski that trips. Counts. That counts. Yeah, it counts. With my uh, family, the ski trips and like we would play poker by like the fireplace, but my family didn't know like what a flush was. But my brother also likes to like lie when he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> so, so it sounds like you were good at game selecting back then. <laughs> well, so he, what, I learned poker from my brother technically, and he used to That's say- That's not a good start. <laughs> well, so he would tell me that the, a flush was like all even cards. All even cards. So two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. Exactly, two, four, six, eight, ten is a flush. Oh, anyway. it didn't matter what the suits were. No, no. Oh, yeah. okay. So basically, if you just had deuce, four, six, eight, ten, vadugi, that's a flush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got yeah. it. And a straight is like all in a row. That, well, that's correct. <laughs> that so. is correct. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Well, he couldn't get his way out of wait, that one. Did he, <laughs> did he assume that like queen, king, ace, deuce, three was a straight? 
Oh, I don't remember that far back. Or did he like? No, I don't think so. Okay, because that I I've heard really stories of people doing that where they think a straight is just five cards mm -hmm. in a row, where queen, king, ace, and then most logically deuce three, and they would think, oh, straight, five so, cards in a row. <laughs> so, no, if he, no, so if he thought that uh, a flush was all the even cards and a straight was all the cards in a row, I bet he got really confused on what a straight flush was. <laughs> I don't remember that far back. We were like four and yeah, six. Yeah, right, and right. So, mm -hmm. I don't remember. But besides that, what do you do outside of poker? Um, so I actually do uh, medical research. I do cancer re or. I do medical research. Um, back when I was in Cleveland, before I moved to Vegas, I did cancer research, and then I actually transferred over to Vegas just a few Oh, I'm so happy to hear that you were in Cleveland. I have a question for you. Yes. Okay. Where is Pittsburgh located? It's only two and a half hours of Or But like what region would you call it inside the United <laughs> States of America? Oh, uh, Midwest. Thank you! Get it out! It is! So, Steph, it was very nice having you on the show. This we'll conversation is... Uh, it, this is amazing. Oh, um, thank no. you so much for I that. I only briefly uh, like, skim skimmed over that, but I forget who was on which side for that. Well, us people from Pittsburgh... <laughs> are not on that side because we're from Pittsburgh and we know where we are. Wait, so the what Midwest. did you guys say? What? What did you guys say? We say it's uh, <laughs> east, east Coast, not Midwest. No, I, no, I like no. Mid-Atlantic. Wait, right. so you from Pittsburgh said that it was East Coast? That's well, what they east. think. It's in the East. Pennsylvania chops it up so Pittsburgh right. is Midwest and Philly is East Coast. No, uh, no, no, no way. Welcome no to way. Geography with Steph. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, so, this is the best episode I, we've ever listen, had. Listen, the Midwest starts in Ohio. So I grew up half my life in New Jersey and half my life in Ohio, which okay. is eight hours away from each other. So I grew up on the East Coast, but then lived half my life in the Midwest. Yeah, so you, yeah, you li <laughs> right. You lived in the Midwest, which is Ohio. And Pittsburgh. <laughs> two hours away, two and a half hours well, away from each other. I know, but there's got to be a line somewhere, right? Yeah, and that's the middle of Pennsylvania. No, no, it's the border of Pennsylvania and Ohio. <laughs> I, I, I you can't, you can't just... To have was they're in the same division. You can't have What are you talking about? <laughs> they're in the same NFL division. Okay, so so Baltimore's in the Midwest. Well, no. Yeah. All right, enough about that. All right, enough about enough about finding out that Pittsburgh is indeed in the Midwest. Ironically, I actually played my first PLO hand in Pittsburgh at Rivers. Did you really? I did. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice so, little uh, nice little place. Because yeah. uh, Ohio's casino, uh, uh, the gambling wasn't legalized until 2012, mm -hmm. so I actually started off playing at Rivers. In Right. See, yeah. gambling illegal in the Midwest, gambling not illegal. <laughs> you, were, you had to go to Pennsylvania, you had to go to East Pittsburgh, to, to the East Coast. So, <laughs> so going back. Wait, um, so what about Maryland then? Because Maryland Live also didn't open. Right, Maryland's on the East Coast. But you just said that gambling was legalized in, was in the legal. East Coast, yeah. No, but Maryland Live didn't open until later. Oh, sure. Well, they, they, they moved over. East Coast, <laughs> East Coast adjacent. <laughs> so oh, your background yeah. is in science medical. What drew you to cancer research? Um, so I actually, you know, I'm Asian, so my mom's a doctor. <laughs> 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 so she was trying to push me in that direction. Yep. So in college, I had a um, biomedical engineering background. Yeah. I, I, Where'd you go to college? Uh, Case Western in Ohio, in Cleveland. Okay. Yep. In the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. That was undoubtedly the Midwest. We knew that. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to go to med school, though, but I did like my uh, 
a degree. I did like what I was studying. I was offered a position, um, and I, I liked the research. Um, I actually, back in high school, via my mom, uh, was doing research, and I actually got a publication on the cover of the Journal of Neurosurgery. Wow, that's awesome. That's, awesome. that's really a cool. Yeah, sick brag. Yeah. <laughs> that's too good for the poker for. community. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just loved what I was doing, so I kind of kept going down that route and was offered a few like different research positions here and there. But I, I always had like poker intermixed with that because a lot of times I would be like working on a research grant, and then when the research grant would end, sometimes I would be like offered a position, but mm -hmm. then I'd kind of like it'd be a good opportunity to kind of take a break, and then I would like go to playing poker full time for a little bit, then I'd get sick of kind of like grinding poker yeah. full time. So then I'd go back to doing research. <laughs> research so is grants. it like clini clinical trials, that kind of stuff, and double blind, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Research grants is basically where they give you a bunch of money to try to learn something, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so the NIH <laughs> can like award grants for like a specific project. Mm -hmm. um, the position I actually have right now isn't grant dependent, so it's working actually on a lot of different projects at once. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what actually goes into being like a researcher on like such an impactful? What goes into it, or like yeah. why do I do it? No, or? like what goes into like being a researcher on like such um, an impactful area like cancer? So there's like so many different positions you could have as a researcher. I mean, you could be like the physician principal investigator, where you're the one like that's coming up with the ideas and like leading it and leading your team and things like that. Or you could just be like the person that's like doing like the grunt work and like collecting the data mm -hmm. and like working with the patient and drawing blood for them and things like that, collecting their vital signs and whatnot. You could be the one that's like actually the pharmaceutical companies that are like presenting the drugs or like coming up with the drugs and then giving it out to the hospitals and things like that. I actually worked with a software company that was also doing research and I actually absolutely hated working for industry. Okay. Um, it was a very short-lived position that <laughs> I had because I loved doing clinical research for the... Uh, philanthropy of it and for like helping people and things like that like i kind of had i had poker to do like the money side of things mm -hmm. and i liked doing the clinical research and the medical research to like help people and so when i did uh worked in the industry for a little while for the software company um that just and like i would go on conferences <clears throat> presenting the research and things like that and then i'd go back to our booth where the sales people of our company were like to sell like sell the product mm -hmm. that kind of like like hurt a little bit inside because i liked like doing things about like you know the company and like the research and like how it's like innovative and things like that but not trying to sell the product. right the right. incentives yeah. between right, right, the company right. and uh mm -hmm. that side of things are misaligned right exactly exactly yeah You're like oh how can we get rich you're like well i just want to help people exactly right. yeah <laughs> so that's why i quickly left industry and went straight back to working for a hospital yeah and then is that's that when awesome. you moved into neurology because you do neurology research so now, no right? yeah i was at the hospital in cleveland for a little while and for personal reasons I ended up leaving Cleveland and mm -hmm. they have branches out in Vegas and in Florida and they both offered me positions actually so the um, branch out in Vegas only does neuro research. Oh, gotcha. I will say like, if you I can wanted to, to play Vegas and play poker and, and also do research. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually very ironic that the two places that they have uh, branches in are in Vegas and in Florida, so ironically, and right. the branch in Florida is like right down the street from Hollywood, and mm -hmm. that's like probably the next place that I go to the most often because of all the PLO tournaments that yeah. they always run. I mean, run. poker and neurology go hand in hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there was a place to move to play high stakes PLO or just like 
mid to high stakes PLO cash, it would probably be Florida. Yeah, <laughs> that's there's no lies told there. Well, so when I was making a whole list of pros and cons because they had both offered me positions, um, one of the like leading factors in regards to like comparing the cash games between the two, Hollywood actually has recently switched to five card PLO. Yeah, um, a lot like, of it. All those stupid people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> fire shots! Fire shots! Boom! Shots fired! Shots fired at those euros that I used to go to Maryland Live and play uh, PLO there because PL the PLO action in Maryland Live was pretty sick. Um, but then the Euros, sorry, Euros, came and switched all of the games in Maryland Live to five card. And so I stopped going there. Um, but Maryland Live used to be like its own little bubble. And then eventually when um, MGM opens in Baltimore also, like the Baltimore-Maryland area used to be its own little bubble of five card. Um, but then all, apparently like those Euros maybe a few years ago all moved down to Florida. And now Florida runs nothing but five card PL. And you only play four? Yeah. Yeah. I only so how did you rediscover poker? Like you said, you played it as young when you were young at like four years old. Oh well, that doesn't count. I was just saying like, that's how I like first technically discovered poker. Yeah. I mean, I was like watching it on TV, the like, same as everybody else. And then I remember like one of my uh, friends that was a high schooler was just like put on this like random twenty dollar tournament, but none of my friends knew how to play and things like that. And so it was just like me and him. And I remember he like technically had like the most chips. I had the second most number of chips. So he like offered me my money back for the $20 <laughs> while he takes the rest of the money. It was obviously like a total hustle for like the, the, you know, chop the chip chop or whatever. And obviously I was like totally happy to take it. So, after, <laughs> so that was like my one other incident in high school. And then when I went off to college, like there was like this Facebook group of like everyone getting to know everybody. And one of my friends who's actually still really good, he only plays online. Uh, shout out to Zach Back if anyone knows him. Um, he sent me a message about like he had heard about some uh, home games that were running. Again, like, you know, super mini games, like 25 cent, 50 cent, that kind of thing um, that he had invited me to. But it because I went to like a pretty geeky school, like, you know, Case Western, um, it was not about the money, but it was about like a lot of people just like talking strategy and things mm -hmm. like that. And I met some other people there later on, like in the other years. Um, shout out to Ken Poe, if anyone knows him, but, like he goes, travels around and he just won a ring. So, oh, awesome. Congratulations um, to him. But yeah, so I just got more and more into that. Um, we started making trips to like Turning Stones and ATL oh, yes. Casino. Mm -hmm. and I've been there many times. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think they're just having a uh, circuit there now, right? Uh, oh, yep, they do right they now? Are. Nice. Yeah, I think the main really? event's like right now. Yeah, it's like a 17 oh, hour made up there. I would love to go back. Uh, yeah, I think the Apollo was there, right? Uh, the Apollo's everywhere. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, East Coast. he's everywhere on the East Coast, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that, yeah. what drew you to the great four-card game as opposed to the two-one? Yeah, yeah, so my friend that I was just mentioning, um, Ken Poe, um, sent me some videos saying that I think you'd be interested in it. There's, like, a lot more, like, analysis and math involved and things like that. And he sent me some training videos um, from Bill Galfon and Vanessa Selps. And so I have to, you know say thanks to them also and that, that just kind of got me hooked um played my first game over at rivers um and i remember oh so that was the first time you played plo was i believe it? so yeah at, at rivers nice yeah and i'll never forget like the first hand that i was dealt um <laughs> i don't know how much you want to get it's like these stupid no i want to hear this absolutely please we're, we're talk. okay so at the freshman cash game the home game when i was still playing like 25 cent 50 cent 
there was this one guy who is right now the tournament director at Cleveland. I am guaranteed he's watching this, by the way. Um, <laughs> he got really mad because there was a hand where him and the game that was running that home game um, got all in. I was the one dealing the cards, and they, I wasn't paying attention to what exactly was going on. I was just kind of tuning them out. They agreed to run it like three or four times or something like that. So I run it out for them. One of the, the guy that was running the game, the home game, apparently was like a huge underdog in the hand and ends mm -hmm. up winning it like all three or four oh times, however many times they <laughs> yeah. run it. The guy that's currently the tournament director in Cleveland got so pissed off. <laughs> was like, how the hell did you win it? Like all three or four yeah, times. Yeah, right, like how right. did this happen? Mm -hmm. um, leaves the game, never ever comes back to that home game. Like <laughs> rants at me on Facebook. And this was like what 20 years ago or so i don't remember however many 10 years ago yeah um and i'm like how the fuck could i have rigged this game like i barely even know the yeah, guy that, like right. how could yeah. i have rigged it so that's that, well when people get unlucky and that they want to they want to like validate or you know try to figure out like you know rationalize why they lost so they go to like oh i must be cheated because i got unlucky or you know <laughs> right right so he never shows up but the next time i see him is what like Five years later in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, out of nowhere. That's amazing. Him and his friend so are like. He's at the table? Yeah, he's at the table, and I hadn't seen You're him like, in like. Hi, five I'm years. back. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't sure if he recognized me because he was so drunk. And this was my first time ever playing PLO, and it got dealt aces. And I obviously didn't know PLO, but people tell me, oh, you know, aces aren't nearly as good in PLO, right? right? So I think I like raised a little bit. Um, the his he min raised his friend min raises so i just flat he min raises again his flat min raises again i have no idea what's going on i have <laughs> a lot of cooking a lot of cooking this is this is pot limit right it's yeah this is pot limit and they're all min raising this is plo and i'm like well i was told that aces aren't as good as in so you yeah you didn't want to get too aggressive then this right? is my first hand yeah. okay. i don't really know what's going on Amazing. so i just folded oh no, <laughs> no! What a story twist. Like, I didn't see that coming. And of course the flop comes like ace nine three oh, or something no. like that. Oh man. Oh man. And my friend Ken Poe is also at the table and I tell and I text this to him and he just goes like <laughs> Send you the face palm emoji. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, you know. You learned your lesson. I bet you never folded aces and peel. Oh, no. It kind of sounds like him and his friend will try to middle you in the hand, honestly. I know. <laughs> that's that's what I that that. That. No, honestly, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, they're like, oh, this girl's back. We're going to get her this time. And then just keep clicking it back. No, no, I think they were just super drunk. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So how often do you play nowadays? So I'm like, I've been back and forth, especially since moving to Vegas. Like I mm -hmm. took a little bit of a break because of personal things when I was back in Cleveland. Um, and then when I moved to Vegas, I was like taking care of just like moving stuff and things like that. And then I played more like doing the usual grinding. Mm -hmm. um, so you normally play, I guess, the places that have PLO is mainly Aria and Win, maybe? Aria nope. and Win are the only two the options only two. for 5-5. Right. Five, five. So do you, you prefer one or the other? You go to both? or I've only been going to Aria because mm -hmm. I was initially told that Wynn only runs like bomb pot games. Oh, okay. But I only recently learned now or like I'm relearning that the bomb pot only happens once around. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's every dealer change. Yeah, every dealer change. And that it's the one-two game that it happens every hand or something like that. And that it's actually on Bravo if it's going to be every hand. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's called a bomb pot game if they or something like that mm -hmm. PLO bomb pot game if they just gonna play every hand. But, but I heard that like sometimes that game turns into a five five game. Or something. 
Um, pretty much, I feel like they have PLO running every day. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure they just have, like, straight PLO and just bomb pots um, on dealer changes. Okay, yeah, that's not too bad. I'd, be, I'd play that game. Yeah. I mean, the Aria game's been fine, though, so... I love win. <laughs> Go to the win. Guapo went to the win uh, yesterday, didn't you, Guapo? We I got did. you in there. Yeah, I was uh, sitting next to Connie, and the live streets are much different than yeah, online. Yeah, you were telling me, yeah, a little different than online, huh? You were telling yeah, me a few, just a little. few hands got, got a little wild. <laughs> well, we made money, so it's good. All right, Guapo, see? You, so you're going to go back? Guapo's uh, going after yeah, the probably show. pretty soon. <laughs> right after the podcast <laughs> he's going right after the show all right guapo's in the live stream let's go let's go that's great so, correct me if i'm wrong but you were on joey's stream a couple times right no so i was only on that one time during the whole robbie thing for like a few minutes and that's when i like did not talk very well <laughs> i have like a phobia of talking like, you're doing great today <laughs> is was joey's great game of plo is that the reason that got you into it yeah, like, yeah, that you was like, like i just have to talk on it like i'm passionate about plo same mm -hmm. as joey so that's that was awesome. like made me come out of like my little comfort bubble and like yeah well it seems like you've been doing that a couple times um in this plo series recently um what like what made you want to just take the shot and go um, I mean, I like I said, I love PLO. It's so rare that you ever find uh, any series that has like even more than one PLO. So I'm always like looking on Hand and Mob, like down the list, filtering it by like any pot limit tournament, and then looking to see if any series has more than one PLO game going, mm -hmm. uh, more than one PLO it's tournament. Rare. And pretty much the only time there's ever a series like that is at Hollywood, which is why I that was like my two <laughs> options for even moving. Right. Um, and so this series was like, I really, really want to play this series, but I've never played in a tournament like higher than 5K or higher than 3K before, which I have a mini rant about that is that the World Series needs to do a better job of that. That's like really tilting. There you go. Jack, but, you listen. I mean, I, <laughs> Add some more pillow ornaments that, you know, every, every person can play. Yeah, the last time they've run a tournament between 1500 and 10K was back in like 2016. They ran a 3K PLO8, and that was the last time in yeah. 2016. I feel like the 3Ks Wait, and the 5Ks are mixed now. It's oh, just round they're and all round. mixed. Not There's counting, not a straight PLO. Not counting the 3K PLO6 max, which I'm mm -hmm. always hesitant to play because I feel like that's pretty like online pro. Maybe because it's 6 max? Because it's 6 yeah. I'm not a huge 6 max person. Gotcha. I'm like always borderline to play that. Mm -hmm. but It's I probably good at the play. series. Serious PLO. Get in there. Yeah. I probably will play it eventually, but I just... I yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about, like, the series. Did you see any anything? That, so there's there's not a lot of tournaments for you to choose from this upcoming series? That's what, No, oh, that's what I'm saying. Just that one? Yeah. Including this series, since 2016, not counting the 3K PLO 6 Max, there's never been anything between wow. 1,500 and 10K. Man, that, that's amazing no it's so so then the the poker go uh series comes up and you're like i guess i gotta take a shot yeah yeah so I'm for sure i wanted to play the first 5k and just see how it goes see how soft it was i expected the field to be pretty decent but i asked a bunch of people for advice like a bunch everyone gave me like a bunch of like varying opinions and it was pretty mm, unanimous geez. in that yeah. anyone that like all of the like more experienced players and regs and things like that were like uh, I'm not sure if you should play it. I can see pros and cons to it. Like it'll probably be soft, but if you've never played like higher than 3K before, then you might not 
be as comfortable with it and you might play a little bit too and you much ignored more. all that shit i mean i i was still very borderline but yeah, yeah. then if it wasn't for the other friends that have never played plo get in there stuff so you took the twitter to sell some action like what was that process like for you for selling action yeah so i didn't sell any action for the 5k okay um, and then because I did okay in the, I didn't expect anyone to have any interest anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, and then because I did okay in the 5k, um, like it wasn't, it was a little bit better than a mid cash. So run us through, uh, yeah, what you, what, like how that, how that tournament went. So you, you ended up, you said you min, oh, it was better than a mid cash. I got 12th for 20k. 12 for 20k and how many people? Uh, 200. 200 people? Wow. And they should have gotten more than that, but there was just such a wait list for it. Like, so mm -hmm. I showed up at two, like, right after the second, uh, right after the first break um, to get a seat. And I ended up having to wait something like 30 to 40 minutes or something like mm -hmm. that. So they well, just because they have such limited table space in the poker. Right, rooms. exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what was first in that? I have a bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 220. Yeah, 220? Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, yeah, the turnout for the PLO tournaments was definitely going to be a shot in the dark because talking to people about it, the people had no idea it was going to get this big. Yeah. Especially because it was, even though it was the first one, when it comes to PLO action in general, it's relatively secluded and not that popular, yeah. so to speak, in like relation to the no limit stuff that happens. But getting 200 people were extremely obviously surprised by it and it sounds like it was a pretty good spot to take a shot if you're going to take a shot playing. Yeah. yeah it sounds like maybe maybe there was a lot of people with your your same mindset right it's like i i want to play plo tournaments but there are none so i i guess i just have to you know fuck up and play 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 a yeah, bigger buy-in when you travel and you play plo tournaments you see like a lot of the same sort of people mm -hmm. so i actually a expected a lot of them to be there and a lot of people surprisingly didn't show up i don't know if it's because of bankroll or because of traveling or things like that right. so i feel like the next one could get an even bigger pool like maybe maybe yeah. plo is getting a little traction yeah yeah, yeah that would i, I be mean great it's not surprising and... at all because i know like cash game feel too and it's mm -hmm. definitely like you know i mean it was a, it was pretty big though like oh yeah for sure 5k being the smallest buy-in and that was only one 5k i believe yeah yeah it was yeah. definitely big so, i can only see it get bigger though because yeah. i don't see any of those people leaving and i know a lot of people that could have been there that weren't there too. no absolutely after people see the outcome of what just happened there'll definitely be more yeah. so you played six events cast four of them for seventy-two thousand, i believe what was, the first, what was <laughs> yeah what was the cash for the 5k uh the 5k was 20k so you cash 20k so then so like you didn't at that point before you cash you didn't know if you were going to play anymore and then when right. you and then right so then you have this big you have this nice score right twenty thousand dollar score right and you you probably feel a little bit more a little confidence right you know you're like i can play in this field yeah it was pretty so now soft you're like enough, okay yeah. i want to uh i want to play more of these they're bigger buy-ins so then that's when you decide to maybe try to reach out to the community and exactly yeah so the first post that i made about that um, there were a lot of people that was like, congrats and things like, and I don't have, I don't really do much social media. I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not looking for much, much social media or anything like that. Right. So when I got like a surprising number of responses, I was like, oh, maybe there are people that might actually be interested if I was to sell action. And it wasn't really even selling action from like a financial standpoint, because I could have technically, if you go by like, even like that 2% rule or whatever, mm -hmm. like only putting in 2%, like I could totally play and just take and have 100 percent of myself but it was almost more of like confidence booster like should i be playing especially because like i've been considering playing the 10k plo and plo8 for the last 
six or seven years. Um, it's always like whenever I make a World Series schedule of like all the tournaments I'm going to be playing, the 10K PLO and the 10K PLO weight are always on my maybe list, and I have not played it for the last six or seven the years. The 10K okay. PLO is a championship event, right? Yeah. Yes. They call it a championship. championship. Call it, I mean, what I mean by that is like I think the championship, championship events are freezeouts. Oh. So like you only get the only get one bullet. I think yeah. when it comes to the 10 like the 10Ks for like call it the championship event because like the 10K six max. Uh, during the WSOP is like a one bullet type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell us about your like overall experience of playing in these um, big buy and small field events. So, I mean, when I like look back at it, I still think it's like surreal to, it almost didn't feel like a big buy in event. Right. Like I still, whether it has to do with like the field, whether it has to do with like the atmosphere or like, Considering I've never played in anything higher than 3K, it didn't feel anything. That's like, good. It's, it's so That's bizarre. Yeah. I just, I don't know why. Like, I have some experience with this as well. Uh, I recently played my first 25K. I played a few 10Ks, kind of my first. Um, and it's like, it's just the game. We're just playing the game that we love. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, it's just so, like, it's easy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, this is the game that we love and like, whatever. I don't care who's sitting on the other side. It's like, all right. The crazy thing is that it's not surprising or it's not as surprising, like, in the moment to have that mindset. I thought that at some point it was going to crash on me after mm -hmm. the fact, like, looking at the numbers and things like that. And it still hasn't yet. And that's what's kind of surprising to me. I think yeah. you're just built like, for this. You're built for yeah. these high, <laughs> high stakes, you know, PLO. Yeah. We're going to see you at the Triton event. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm definitely going to play every 10K from this point on. Ooh, like, oh, that's right. Right. Let's, Let's go. go. I'm not here, at least. That's but, awesome. We'll I love it. Yeah. So why haven't you, why didn't you play bigger prior? Um, so I had like a group of people, like, you know, the, and advisory board. Sure. Was the it the council? The, the council of dance? <laughs> <laughs> the the Cleveland gang. That Cleveland council that mm -hmm. I do not confer with anymore. <laughs> they're, from, they're from the Midwest, like yeah. you know, anywhere outside the Midwest, you should really get your council from. But you know, not not the Midwest. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I can. I have a little rant of spiel about that. So. <laughs> Let's hear it. Now or later? Right now. Well, so um, I feel like any city, town, anywhere, like no matter how big the city is, if it has only one casino, then it's going to have like a very particular atmosphere, right? Because as long as it only has one casino, then you're going to see the same people over and over mm -hmm. again, right? right? Like all the regs are going to know each other. All the players are going to know each other. So if you see those same people over and over again, you're going to have like this atmosphere and i think it relates exactly to like high school like oh, everyone's mm -hmm. going to be like immature everyone's going to be like wanting to be in the in crowd everyone's there's gonna clicks want, and there's, that kind exactly of stuff. there's clicks yeah. popular and gossip's mm -hmm. always going to get around right this and, person did this this person did that did you hear this exactly and, yeah. and it just being the only girl plo player in that like general it was just yeah well that's that, that, that <laughs> i mean yeah think about it because like you know, uh, women in poker, it's growing. It seems to be growing, which is great. Um, but, like, you know, m most of them probably play No Limit. Hold yeah. on, right? right? So, like, to, to be a, a female poker player and then specifically PLO, you got to be, like, the only <laughs> one around. That's yeah. the thing. Like, when other girls, like, share their experiences of, like, trying to, like, about how much they've shit they've gone through and things like that, or these, like, instances, like... I guess initially I had like this thought of like, it's 
you know you just gotta suck it up you just gotta toughen it up. i'm not mm -hmm. saying that i'm not in support of all of these like i'm probably like the least um female activist type person only because of like i of like that's how i've like gotten to this point like mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. it's just I'm, i've gotten so used to it right like, right you know? yeah. like like it's unfortunate but just like whatever yeah i'm just yeah. used to like okay that's just what we have to go through just suck it up kind of thing you mm -hmm. know like mm -hmm. um this is just like one example but i remember like hearing through the grapevines that like this one reg at the table was like calling me a four letter the ironic word that matt decided mm -hmm. to just throw out there yeah. you know and mm -hmm. you know it's like what are you going to do about it like i can't it's not like i can do anything but thing about it i just got to suck it up you know like, you yeah. just ask him why right. it's such a loser <laughs> you, know, yeah, you can always do that that's that's <laughs> that's yeah. always on the agenda right. hey why are you such but, a loser and, yeah, you know and it's just like it, it shouldn't always be up to you to do something about it yeah, you know and it's there. like you know like that's why we encourage other people you know at the table that like you see something like going on like this that somebody else has to set them straight especially in tight-knit right. communities like yeah plo world is i'm sure is pretty kind of tight-knit community for the most part mm -hmm. except and that in like a one casino like city like no one's going to say anything because everyone wants to be the cool kid right, right. You know exactly I mean? that, that, that's the whole going back to the whole high school thing right? Right. it's like why someone, sometimes the bullies thrive because nobody wants to step up to the bully because then they get bullied right, it's right. not just high right. school that stuff happens everywhere in the public community who knows you know Twitter, who knows? So but that's why it was such a reality check. Like I thought that's what like the entire poker community was no, like, right. and that like mm -hmm. poker community is just like the bottom two percent of like <laughs> they're right. just scum. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was like unbelievable when I moved out to Vegas, and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe it's actually possible that like there are good poker players, now. Yeah. like good good people in the poker. I'm still like wondering if it's just like people fake being nice or if people are actually like genuinely nice i bet it's a mix of both i mean but, but i think that the general i mean usually like the the assholes are are, are the, the loudest sometimes but yeah. um you know i'm gonna um, reserve judgment because it's still early i've only moved here a few months ago yeah i mean the, <laughs> over, the overall poker community i think as i think that the more you get integrated with them you, you'll find that there are a lot of a lot of good people doing a lot of good things it's kind of just yeah. like the way it is as a whole like the majority of people are inherently good and then it's easier to see the outliers in the negative because the negative speaks so much more volume than the standard of being good right where i operate under the standpoint of most people are inherently good so when you see like the bad actor type it's like oh man like didn't you see that this person was this or said something along those lines where in reality it's like okay you can't really necessarily control this one person but there are so many other people that are inherently good right. that are not necessarily as scrutinized because that's just the inherent standard is how we live as people Right. Most people are inherently good. Right, right. So when the negative does happen, it just, it's kind of a, like a head turn as to yeah. what? why are you so mean? <laughs> you don't have to be Why mean. are you the way that you are? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the more that you stay in poker, and I'm sure like when it comes to your experience at the Poker Go studio, I'm sure most people were inherently really pleasant to be around. And yeah, I would say like 90% of the people were like, Perfectly Tell us nice. about the yeah. 10. Tell us about the 10 right now. <laughs> the 10% were down bad misregs that were infinite yeah. makeup that needed a W. So I'm not going to 
Def- I'm definitely not going to give names. Oh, <laughs> That's off the record content. Right, yeah. All right, I'll get it um, later. But <laughs> there are there were ten percent. I would say that um, Boris is like a bit of a reality, or just I wouldn't say a reality check, just a reminder that like you know being picked out as like the only woman because during that entire series, um, Cherish was the only woman in event only other woman in event one, and then Michelle. Um, Yashua Chen was the only woman in event two. And then in every other event in the PLO series, I was the only other woman. Wow. Which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So you're representing the entire community. PLO. But I know, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. I know that there's other PLO, like mid stakes, higher stakes mm-hmm. um, PLO players out there. Like I know them personally. Right. So let me ask you a question. What barriers do you think keep um, f- more amateurs, specifically women, from taking part in these bigger buying events? I'm honestly not like specifically the ones that I know they're actually pros, not amateurs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's because there's a lot of like or pros and pros and well yeah. as well. Well, like because not even just the women. Like I also know like mid stakes uh, PLO regs that I've like traveled and played with too. That I wasn't sure why they weren't out there when they're like definitely good enough to play in it. Mm-hmm. Could have been any number of reasons. If it's yeah. just travel reasons. If it's just they wanted this was the first series and no one knew really how it was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. Kind of like have to take a leap of faith, kind of like you did, right? Right, like, right. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, and you know, just, just get so out ha- there, and, and sometimes good things happen when you do that. Yeah, oh, I mean, I saw yeah. the series back when it first posted in like October or November, and I still wasn't sure between Vegas and Florida as to where I was going to go. If I right. had moved to Florida, I probably wouldn't have come. Right, exactly. Yeah, because I would say for sure the price point is a deterrent for most in the mid-stakes arena because when you get to the higher stakes, especially in a specialized game like PLO, you would expect there to be less quote-unquote dead money, so to speak, which then makes the mid-stakes players feel like they're the ones that are losing in the field. Mm -hmm. And then it makes taking that shot so much harder, especially when it's a price point that is relatively painful by saying that a 10K, if you're playing... By five PLO could potentially be like twenty buy-ins. Yeah, and now you're taking this massive shot where now you have to sell and try to convince that okay, that's a yeah, that's a very good point. Like I think that I might be winning in this field, but I'm not even entirely sure. But the experience is definitely worth a ton, you know. And how would you say that your feelings about your own game and ways that you see things changed based off of taking? part in so many of these higher stakes PLO events, even though it was only the first series that you played? I mean, it was soft. Ah, <laughs> let's, let's go! go. I bet you that 10% was part of the mm-hmm. reason, right? <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but my, the only common things I have to say about that 10% is that yes. um, they were, I guess, in like the prestigious community of the higher stakes so they communicate in a little bit of a different way to probably not just me to like anybody that's like newer to that community Mm -hmm. so maybe not like they see it as a little bit of a exclusive community so anybody that's new to there they're going to talk to you there's definitely an in-group out-group 10 percent stop being scum right right (laughs) but i will say this though that the my initial impression before I walked into the Poker Go studio, that was my expectation, is that the Poker Go studio was going to be a lot like that, that it was going to be kind of like an exclusive studio only mm-hmm. for high rollers. And, you know, and I didn't 
get that impression at all. It's, it's like, great in there, right? Yeah, like what was your always, overall experience? Yeah, like everyone there? always talks about how, like how amazing the Poker Go Studio is, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason I had an expectation of it being like a little bit of like prestigious and like right. elitist, elitist, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like that at all. Like no. it's it was amazing. It was like really a nice studio, but like in a good way. Right, like, exactly. Like, Especially with poker being such a game where we want to include. Feeling that elitist type of aura is definitely off-putting exactly. and a deterrent to even trying yeah. to get in there in the first yeah. place. So I've played at the um, King's Lounge multiple times uh, during the series, and I would get more of like an elitist kind yeah. of feeling from mm -hmm. there where like, you know, you have like that wall a little bit around with like the super comfy chair. I mean, no one's going to, should be complaining about comfy chairs, but it's a little bit of that elitist feeling. No, I played I, I played once at Poker Ghost too. I played the, uh, the, the Run Good uh, Pro and and yeah it was a very similar experience i was like i'm wow i'm at the poker ghost studios playing like i don't know what to expect and and it was just it was very comfortable it was like you know everything was done perfect like the dealers were great the floor is great yeah. just like the way that the whole thing was ran was was amazing and it was just it was just fun to be there right right, right yeah. yeah i think a lot of the times too when you're jumping into a new venture so to speak it's very easy to get that mental framework that you're stepping into a place that you don't feel like you belong yeah, exactly. but then when you actually get there and realize that the people are super nice and it is inclusive and it's just a upscaled environment that is breeding a fun social place exactly. for a high stakes poker tournament mm -hmm. right. you start to kind of feel that pressure sort of wear off where it's only a mental Thing and it's yeah, you're just like, I do you. belong here, and I, I do, yeah, right, yeah, for sure. And some of the initial pictures that they had where they were showing like super celebrities and things like that, that also <laughs> made it feel a little right, you know, yeah. exclusive and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But I also played in a couple satellites that they had the days before, which also made it super duper that, easy. At the studio? Yeah. At the studio, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's amazing because like you kind of get a feel for. So the environment as a whole they were running satellites into into the events i didn't i didn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great yeah so and for, i think that they were still doing that even for the us open they are yeah, yeah. they had yeah. three of them for the uspo yeah, yeah they do it for the first two days like monday tuesday wednesday they run satellites and then it starts on thursday oh yeah. perfect. pretty sure yeah. They were mm -hmm. trying to do satellites actually during the series also for like the event before but i don't think that really ended up working out because he didn't like get the word out enough and i know one did run did it? One did run. One um, PLS, I think it was PLO. Oh no, you know what? Never mind. That would be Monday night. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> if it did, I missed it because I would have loved to play it. Nah, I'm sure it was Monday night. Have you had any experience of playing on a live stream? No, I have not. Okay, because for FTs, for those, you would have been on live stream. Yes, and I'm not a huge fan of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because? Uh, well, I know you said you, you, you sometimes you uh, get anxiety about you know, speaking publicly. Is it, is it the same kind of thing, or is it that you don't want your strategy to be default? Definitely both. Yeah. Um, more the second than the first, actually, okay. but mm -hmm. definitely both. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like you, you're really putting yourself out there, and it's just like, okay, now people can, you know, next time they play with you, they can they have footage on you. Yeah, I mean, it's like a reverse examine. free roll. It's like, why would you want to give away mm -hmm. free information about your hand history and mm -hmm. that was part of the, actually the reason that i late reg for the experience yeah, i was just, I was just about to ask experience. you that you late regged all the events right yeah so oh, yeah tell us the, the strategy into, into late reg. yeah so i think most people know that like if you're plus ev in a tournament if you think you have an edge then you should be regging on time i think mm -hmm. most yeah the highest roi would be on time exactly mm -hmm. right right um so a lot of reasons that I ended up late regging. The first event, I actually was planning on regging on time, but I promised somebody that I was going to 
bring them something <laughs> and i ended up being 50 that's a little bit different of a story yeah discreet about i promised somebody i was going to bring them some things and the place that i went to so I, I promised someone i was going to bring them cookies but the cookie place that i went to ended up taking way too freaking long and they, but they were so damn you crumble <laughs> no it was um, it's a local place i forget i'm going to advertise for them it's yep. like cindy's cakes cans, cookies or something it's a local place but they're so oh, super nice you know it's like this these two people that own this little shop and mm -hmm. they're being really nice to me and <laughs> making these cookies in front of me and boxing them up and whatever. So I couldn't like be mad at them. You right. know? So, <laughs> so I was just like 15 minutes late and I was like, okay, if I'm going to be 15 minutes late, I'll just be two hours late. Whatever. No big deal. Um, Time that, is a construct. <laughs> um, and so that tournament ended up working out fine. And then I feel like a, I don't have that much of an edge over the field anyways, maybe a small edge. B, they're posting all of the table seats um, for initial registrations for everybody so I could do at least like a little bit of digging into all of the players because mm -hmm. I probably know, I don't follow the um, series probably as, I don't follow Poker Go quite as much as most people do, especially because it's mostly no mm -hmm. I do watch the um, PLO tournaments, but I don't, there were some like holder players out there too and things like that. Yeah. So I could at least do like a little bit of digging on some of the players. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also do have a day job, um, and my um, they, my team said that I could take the whole week off if I wanted to, That's but I great. also didn't want to like burden them with that and then have to be on. You work you work like a normal uh, like nine to five Monday through Friday yeah, I do. kind of wait, job. Wait, wait. Okay. So your team said, you know what, you could take the week off and go gamble in some. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You just saw it in a piece. Yeah, you know what? All that neurology research that you just put that to the side and you go gamble. <laughs> I did, but I didn't want to put the stress on myself of having to be on call then right. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather just take the half day and you know be less stressed out over. That's because so. right, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. So then you, uh, yeah. So you you came into so when you late regged, um, like how many how many blinds you come in with? Uh, 40 ish. Yep. 40s? Okay. Yeah, that, that, which that's is fine. Yeah. So max late range. That is 40? piles. That, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, is it piles in a game where it just goes open, three back call, all in call? <laughs> well, it turns into piles. Yeah. <laughs> One double up away from victory. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you mean? No, it's true. Just gotta. Well, I, I don't. So do you, do you play Hold'em at all? No. So just, I have not played Hold'em in. Uh, I can actually look, but I think <laughs> it's something like. Seven-ish, eight-ish years, except wow. for last month during the charity series was the first time I had played Hold'em in forever. And were you like, where the hell are all my cards? <laughs> you must you need to things. get into the main event yearly. People say that. No, and... no, you gotta get in there. <laughs> so that's I mean... a, yeah, that that I kind of like. I feel like PLO players that play mostly PLO, if they are gonna play Hold'em. Then they take a couple shots in like some big like just WSOP events because w the risk reward is there. I will say I did chop the charity series event. Let's go. <laughs> okay, see but, maybe but you have a future no limit hold'em. But come back to back. us. I mean, <laughs> no, okay. it sounds like you should just be playing the main event and the win 10k every year. <laughs> that, it, I mean, people say that. Yeah. Dude, these are really good events. Really, really. So it's really a charity series event. event. I'll just play the charity series. I like that. Honestly, they're the same. 
(laughs) 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 To be quite honest with you, man, you should have chopped the main event event charity series of the World Series and then give that money away. Uh, You know what's good you you could do with that? $8 million is a lot. Take 10. (laughs) Chop it up, maybe this year. Yeah. Well, is there any specific reason why you transitioned from No Limit to PLO? I mean, probably the same as 90% of the people. Just feels kind of boring. Bored with- <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people, like the first hand or two that they play PLO, they'll never go back. Yeah, <laughs> I love PLO. <laughs> Although the first, um, like, Omaha-type uh, World Series event I played in was the 1500 PLO8 back in 2013, and I did cash in it. Nice. Oh, all right, mm-hmm. see? First well, and you got into 08 just kind of as a byproduct of it? Yeah. Like you're a fan of PLO and PLO8? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually like PLO8 probably more than PLO, even though I probably don't play as much, because I don't play online. Mm. Mm. It, well, it's a, it's a split pot game, so you, can, so you and your <laughs> opponent under, can both win. It's an under, no, no, it's an underrated game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everyone always complains about uh, chop pots and things like that, but it's definitely underrated. I actually love that game. I moved to North Carolina and that was literally the only game they ran five days a week or four days a week. And I was like, okay, I guess I play PLO eight now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's just an amazing game. There's just, there's just no games. Like if it would be great if like it was spread yeah. around town here. Cause I actually love it. it, it it's interesting because like with, with like PLO it's, it's uh, you know, harder to find, uh, resources probably right is when it comes to like studying like when you when it's no limit hold them there's there's stuff everywhere you can go to solve for why training Sol- yeah right exactly you go to solve, <laughs> solve, solve for y.io and get yourself there's getting trial. to be a lot more and more plo research sure. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. which shall not be named <laughs> right exactly yeah that's good. there are right. no plo right. resources right. out there, there are none. <laughs> there. Yeah. unfortunately we all live under a rock yeah, I, yeah. So I was just wondering. I guess I won't, don't have to get into too many details of your like study habits and how you. Uh, oh, that's not what I meant. I meant right. for people. Yeah, like, for maybe people. a couple. <laughs> it is a terrible reason. Yeah. I, I want to stay Switzerland. So. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to add? Talk about. Uh, what What do you have coming up next? Um, I'm definitely going to play the 10K PLO. And that is when? Next week. That is next week? Where's that? Uh, Pokero. At the oh, Pokero. The, yeah. Yeah. It's at the US Open. The US PLO oh, is okay. mostly no limit, and then there's a couple PLO. There's only there's one. There's a 10K PLO and a 15K PLO. Yes, there's two PLO And events. the 15K, I'm probably like 50-50. We'll see. Come on. Are you, really? Are you going to sell for these? Or are you? Well, so the funny thing about selling, I forget if I mentioned this already. So after that first post, it like had right. a surprising number of like responses and things mm-hmm. like that. So then for the 10K, I posted asking and literally the only people that responded to me were Schwan and one of my other friends, which, okay, so I ended up playing it anyways. Um, and then I posted again. Like, so I cashed in that one. Mm-hmm. So then I posted again and still no one replied. So I still have no idea where I stand in regards to people having interest. I, well, I think, I think <laughs> the main thing is just you just put it out there and, and let people, you know, I, I mark it up like 1. 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> 1. 8, isn't 1. 1.8 the number? 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.8. 1.
uh like because I, I'll sell like pieces, but like usually to friends, like never like to the public. That's exactly just it. like out to the public. Like, and what are they gonna say? Because exactly. like I'm I'm thinking about putting together like a you know a WSOP package and then and then, and then just you know throwing it out there and seeing. We'll get. But well, I've never done. Like I'll, like, I'll get you set up. Don't worry. Conrad, I'll yes, please, because Conrad is like the he just. I look at a post and it's just like, oh, Conrad put in his story. He's like, I'm selling to this 10K at this markup. And he's like, I'm selling 50%. And then like five seconds later, it's like, I have 20, 20 left. And then five seconds later, sold out. I'm just like, how the hell? We could get you, you guys actually that? on Stakings. Um, I can hit up Tyler. And if you guys want to try to do something there, um, yeah. figure it out. All right. Stephanie, this episode has been an absolute pleasure. It's a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, you were great. You were absolutely great. And Thank good you. luck out there. I, I want to see you with a, holding the trophy at the end. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a bracelet this year. What a PLO yeah. bracelet. Let's, see. Let's go. Win the 25 day. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for watching us, everybody. We will be back. What's today, guys? Friday, so Monday. Oh, so we will be back on Monday to get it popping, of course. Who knows if Berkey will be here? He's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who knows if Moonclaw will be here? He's speaking with his spiritual advisors still. You know, who knows? Thanks for rocking with us. We out. Taylor Swift, baby. Woo! Taylor Swift! <laughs>